FBI agents and residents of Japan, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely comrade, Kennedy. Hi. How are you today? I'm fine. You're fine? But you know, I just feel like so bad after watching all of this <laughs> Battle Fever J. <laughs> I really feel betrayed by this show. It seemed like it would be okay, and at times it was, but not nearly enough. Yeah, I think my wife had the right call on this one from the get-go. Because she was like, I don't know, there wasn't anything Pog about episode one, so I'm not going to continue watching. And I was like, fair. And then uh, I continued watching, and then I just found myself getting very sleepy very quick. Yeah, it's confusing. So (laughs) I think we might have mentioned this in the introduction with Netscape, but um, it's a spy show. Yes. With like... 10% 10% toku, right? Yes. Like an That's episode correct. has like an episode is 24 minutes long. You have a minute of like the intro. Like and then you have like the next really long. You get like the coming soon. Yeah. Or whatever, next time on Battle Fever J. Uh yeah, no, it's it's about like 10%. Fights are only like 2 minutes long. What's wild? Well, let's not even get into that yet. But what's fun? I'll just say what's funny is that <clears throat> the the kung fu fighting kind of gets upstaged after a certain point. Now I'm not talking about a giant robot, <laughs> although there is that. So anyway, let's just. I'm not gonna try to summarize things with like a lot of details or clarity because this show is confusing as fuck. And weird and and I just find it weird how we were like, oh let's watch something else that's not Common Rider Dragon Knight because Common Rider Dragon Knight feels like it was made on Xanax, only to then put on a 70s spy show with some Toku elements in it and to be just as sleepy for me. I don't know. What like what spy shows do you like? Genuinely speaking, what spy shows or movies do you like? Name, um, like, five. If you can't name five, name three. I mean, legitimately, I am a, a James Bond fan to some extent. Like, I don't think uh, that all the movies are good because there's a bazillion of them. But I grew up watching them, and uh, I do like some of those movies. Uh, I would say that... Wouldn't see me shilling out for the British imperialism. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, the politics of those movies are bad. Like, I'll tell you this much. Regardless of how many spy shows or movies I can name, like, there, I, I can't name one with good politics, really. Yeah, right? Like, and even if you can't do that, like, naming good ones, it's kind of like, okay, you know, fine, right? Like, Casino Royale, it's fine. I'm sure it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I've seen it once. I thought it was good. <laughs> and I'll, I'm willing to like keep it back in the past where I have at least somewhat of a, of a good perspective on it. Um, I know the follow-up apparently sucked, so I didn't watch that. And then by the time Skyfall I came out... okay. Skyfall? Yeah. Okay. Is that the one with the Adele song? Yeah, Maybe. right? I think so. Okay. <clears throat> I, th- I heard that I was good. Was kind of, I thought it was a little underrated. Okay, I'll watch it. Um, but like, I don't know. As a kid, I wasn't interested I mean, in that shit. GoldenEye came out on the N64. I played one level of it. My my cousin had it. And this was back in the day where if my cousin had a game, like my father would try and spoil me because I had, you know, my parents were split up. So my father was like, hey, I only see you every two weeks. The least I could do is like also, you know, get something that you want or whatever. Like I played GoldenEye when I was like six. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could care less. <laughs> like I, I could really like take it or leave it. And then what did I end up doing? I ended up being that kid, not with Goldeneye, but with Turok Rage Wars. That was my Nintendo 64 FPS of choice. So like, and I saw Austin Powers on TV. 
uh, quite a bit at my cousin's house too. 007 Nightfire. Like, I don't know. The world is not enough. Um, that type of stuff. It just, I don't... Char like, even Charlie's Angels, which is something that I'd be like, yeah, I think I liked it when I saw it when it first came out. It was something just like, yeah, but when you look back at it, it's a billionaire with a bunch of... With a bunch of women that he employed to do carry out extrajudicial killings. So it's just like, ah. Uh, yeah, no, the politics is most spy... I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a huge fan of spy movies, honestly, especially at this point, because I, I do have a problem with the politics of a lot of them to the point where some of them are not watchable. Like, I watched this spy movie about uh, Israel, and at first it kind of tricked you. I can't remember the name of it right now, unfortunately, but at first it kind of tricked you into thinking it was going to be kind of a balanced take politically, like, where it like kind of seemed like, ah, you know, like, you know, some of these guys are bad, but, like, a lot of these guys in the Israeli intelligence agency are kind of fucked up, too. Oh, it's all kind of fucked up. But then, like, it slowly, over the course of the movie, it was like, actually, these Arabs are bad, bad people, and the Israelis are doing what they have to. And it's like, oh, God, fuck you. <sighs> you really gonna fucking do this bullshit to me? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. I don't know. I, I feel like... What sells spy movies is the action, right? The covert, like, killing, the silent, the thrill of, like, killing someone silently and getting away with it. That's you know? why the James Bond movies are among the best is because they're very unambiguous about what they're here to do. A lot of times when people try to make, like, a spy movie that's not James Bond or James Bond, obvious James Bond ripoff, like, cause like the Bourne series is okay, but it's obviously just James Bond with a slightly different theme pasted on, you know? Uh, I liked Bourne Identity too. Those are good. They're actually like, those are pretty fun action films. Yeah. Some like, okay twists that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing where you're going to be like, what? in my opinion, but you, but, but you will be like, yeah, this was. Um, but yeah, like if it's not, if it's not kind of in that style, a lot of spy movies try to be too smart and that's really where it gets fucked, honestly, because like as soon as a spy movie tries to get smart, you can guarantee that the politics are going to be terrible and that also like the movie is probably going to be kind of boring a lot of the time. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna just keep just it real really, with you. If it yeah. wasn't for action scenes in Born Identity, Casino Royale, all that stuff, Austin Powers gets a pass because I think, like, for its time, asterisk, 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 asterisk. <laughs> uh, I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, but I think, like, if you strip the other spy movies that I've liked that I've watched over time, if you take out the action sequences, it just doesn't hold up. I don't feel yeah, at all. Well, plain, plain, plain out. And that's like Casino Royale. Why is Casino Royale such a good film? Because it's almost entirely action. And when it's not like like action in the sense of like violent, you know, guns going off, it's sneaking around, which is still action. It's psychological action, you know, like chase sequence. The chase sequence. But also like when they're at the poker table, a lot of that's basically action. There aren't, like, slow scenes of them figuring out their hands. It's, like, psychological games and, like, tricks and poison. And, you know, it's, like, it's all action in that movie. And that's what a spy movie should be. So to finally get this back on track a little bit, Battle Fever J is not all action. <laughs> it's a spy movie. It tries to make a spy movie out of every episode. Yeah. With bits of toku. In a bad way. In a really bad way. <laughs> yeah. The first episode is a little deceptive because the first episode is largely action. And even if it's kind of confusing, it was still mostly excitement. And I think that kind of got us a little bit hyped. Even if we weren't super hyped, we were a little bit like, yeah, this is fun. This is different. This is interesting. It kind of starts to fall off right away, though. It doesn't really, doesn't really hold strong. So the intro, you know, we went over with Netscape. And like I said, it's, it's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit overly delirious. But there's a lot to kind of be curious about there. 
We go straight from that to episode three in the guide that we used. And what's weird is, okay, at first I was like, maybe part of the problem here is this very condensed guide. Like, we're missing too much. But then, it was obvious that a lot of plots weren't progressing at all for long periods of time. <laughs> because you'd skip, like, five episodes and it'd be like, this isn't just the episode immediately after because it feels like it should be. Yeah. They really teased Big Robot for a long-ass time. I came around on that particular plot point a little bit because at first in the intro, I was kind of mad that they teased us on it and then didn't give us much. But then they kind of made it clear, oh, we're developing Big Robot <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of an arms race. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. You know, that, that plot can work to some extent. What I had an issue with is that episode three is episode one again. It's, oh... We had a double agent guy trying to trick the enemy and you blew it again. And it was Battle Japan, right? Yeah. So they know that someone on the inside is leaking some of their information about the robot and shit. And so uh, Battle Japan is seen acting suspicious. Obviously, um, too. Very obviously suspicious. And so his friends... Start to be like, oh, Battle Japan. He's, he's surely betrayed us. Something that doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, just turns into this whole weird thing of like them following him around and stuff. And it's like, of course, Battle Japan is simply trying to trick the enemy into thinking that he might uh, be turnable and, you know, feed them bad information. And it's like all oh, like a, a long con, you know? And it's just, we literally, this is episode one again. We just had an episode where it's like, oh, actually, this person is trying to trick the other side and you blew it. And like, we just do that again here. And I don't know. Why was it's this not, not as good? <laughs> well, it's not that it's not as good. It's that like. I, I also, I too don't understand why it's not filler other than like, I think this was the first like really good shot we have of like the robot being developed and stuff. And maybe the fact that this was like a government secret that nobody's supposed to know. And they're trying to also gauge if the enemy also knows the secret, but the enemy doesn't know the secret. The enemy just knows that Battle Fever J is planning a fucking big ass like weapon against them supposedly maybe right yeah so i guess maybe it's like illuminating that stuff battle cossack does a really good performance here i sympathize with him a lot actually he's probably the best one even after he changes he's probably still the best one yeah i mean i like him a lot uh yeah. and it's not just because he has a hammer and sickle on his suit does help though yes it does help which is funny because there's definitely some like Red Scare Cold War propaganda in this show. I was trying to think, is this supposed to be against China? And is this supposed to be like capitalizing on the Sino-Soviet split? The Maybe. fact that they got Cossack? It, it did seem a little bit like there was some kind of weird statement trying to be made there. Because you have these obvious Red Scare themes. And yeah. Then you have this really weird anti-India and anti-indigenous people of the Americas as recurring themes as well. Yo, they shitted on India hard. They really? Like, they were like, damn, it smelled crazy in there. Like, the shit about India was fucked up. Oh my god. Yeah, that shit was wild. Um, and then also, like, the anti-indigenous people, I mentioned this in the intro, that's a reoccurring theme. I can't I couldn't believe it, but they had like a buffalo monster that was like, I am from the Western Americas. I am Yeah, the buffalo I didn't understand monster. that. What do you like, mean by Western America? Cause like, like I was like, what the fuck? What does Western America mean? Does that mean like it's from Cali? Like what? That didn't make weird. sense to me. That shit was weird. Was that like a translation error? I don't Maybe. know. 
we have no idea. We're we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, there's this is here's how every episode generally boils down. Something needs to happen for the plot to progress. We've cut out whatever the fuck 52 minus 13 episodes is. 39 episodes. We've cut out 39 episodes from this show. And we only have the episodes that are plot relevant to watch. And generally speaking, all of these episodes are like, here is the one thing that needs to happen for the plot to progress. Here's a really convoluted way to get there. Yeah. Even though this could have like really devolved into like a two-step process. It's like someone who had like a like a like a how-to guide and like but it's like a modern how-to guide versus like the old school internet how-to guide which is where you just go on game FAQs and somebody made a like ASCII art of a game logo and then you just scroll down and you're like, "Ah, yes, that's how I do this, this and that." Instead, this is the modern guide where it's like step 1 Blah, 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 blah. Video ad. Okay, keep scrolling. Step two. (laughs) You know, it feels like that. And a lot of it is just interpersonal drama that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, and just weird stuff that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of, like, that whole... Remember how I mentioned in the intro, like, the the weird transitions in, like, the one chase scene and how that kind of worked? Like, they keep doing stuff like that during this show, but they just, like, do it worse and worse and worse for the most part. And so, like, things, like, scenes will just change a lot. Like, they'll talk about doing something, and then they're just suddenly doing it in this weird way that, like, I don't know. There's, like, this abrupt strangeness to a lot of it and, like, awkward storytelling. Yeah, every episode is, like, has a lot of similarities. I'm not going to try... Like I said, I'm not going to try to get into all the details. This I'm sure like you a, can, a, like, cover three of the episodes of the 13 episodes with, like, two sentences. Yeah, or a lot I of it's take, like, two hours to describe them because there's so many different individual little weird scenes just, like, happening fast. Yeah. Episode four is the superpowered trap one. This one was actually kind of fun but it's very racist against india um (laughs) uh this guy bengal tiger is like this psychic he does spirit photography uh like uh, jojo's bizarre adventure um and also uh uh, former president bill clinton that's how he became president little known fact (laughs) through spirit photography (laughs) um (laughs) uh there's a spirit photograph of 9-11 (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's like a famous psychic and he sort of like lures some battle fever folks into a trap because like they're trying to find a missing person and they so they go to the famous psychic that's recently returned from india and is supposed to be well renowned and uh, he turns out to be a bad guy, and it, it just it just kind of is like a lot of weird action and stuff. And they're still building up towards the robot at this point. Like, uh, you know, like, hey, these, you know, they're going to have a robot. We're going to have a robot. Who's going to have the robot first? I wonder what this could be a metaphor for. <laughs> Honestly, the episode was okay. Like, this was, like, my last glimmer of hope for yeah, the show. Yeah, and then I honestly even stayed at this level, it probably would have been a salvageable experience to some extent. This was, was doing another, like, of... woke racism, right? With uh, Kenya? There's some woke racism. There's some unwoke racism. There's some decent spy stuff in this episode. What what are the Kenyan Japanese relations circa like 1978? That's what I, I want to know. know. I don't know. Cause like legit, like every time I'm like getting ready to cringe about Battle Kenya, I'm like, oh boy, they're gonna really like fucking kill themselves with this one. They like go around and like flip it into like woke racism, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Battle Kenya gets to like own. The rest of the team a fair bit. Yeah, like Battle France is flirting with uh, Miss America at one point. I think this is the Bengals episode. It's like very uh, workplace 
semi-appropriate, but kind of sort of semi-inappropriate because, you know, it's like leading somewhere mm-hmm. where he's like talk, he's like talking to her and he's like flirting with her and he's like, hey, is that the new is that the new fashion this season? And she's like, yeah. And he's all like, oh, well, check this out. My hat imported from London. Let's go. And she's like, oh, hell yeah. And then uh, Kenya uh, brings in a pig. And they're like, oh, gross. What the fuck, Kenya? Why the fuck did you bring a pig in here? And he's like, what? It's cute. Like, and you're, it is a fucking adorable ass pig. Yeah, and it's a live really ass cute. pig. <laughs> it's a really stupid cute. People underestimate this. Yeah, it's like a fucking cute ass pig. And I'm like, actually, y'all two are just assholes. So <laughs> Battle France commits a, a, a racism and is like, we're going to fucking freshen y'all up and gets a fucking perfume bottle and starts spraying perfume on the pig in Kenya. And Kenya's like, oh, what the fuck? And leaves. But then comes back with an elephant. Yeah. Like a baby elephant. And you're like, oh, no, this is going to be so cringe uh, to say hi or whatever. And the elephant lets out a, a noise. And then uh, Battle France's hat falls. So then the fucking elephant grabs the hat and puts it on its head. It's and I'm amazing. like, amazing. Amazing. Good shit. Owning both the French and the English in one go. That's why I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? I want to know the, the Kenyan-Japanese relations. So then literally, like, a couple minutes before this episode ends, at the last possible second, Bengal Tiger turns into a monster, and they all turn into Sentai mode, and they have a quick fight. And it's just, like, really feels forced in for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so weird. Like sometimes the combination of spy and toku kind of works, but even in this episode, that's kind of a good episode. It doesn't really work. I don't know. Um, I will say this was an episode where I was like, "Oh, it's okay." Actually, like this episode's pretty all right. Um, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. But it was one of those things. Like it made me think of this critique of it, which is like. I, I know in retrospect, we really do shit on, like, SPD quite a bit. But we do have to admit that, like, A, the theme song to SPD is, like, three points of the whole score. B, uh, the action sequences are also really good that season. Mostly. Most of the time. And I, I tell you, like, there's that scene where, like, when they all morphed up and I'm like, oh, it's a fucking 10. Like, let's go, right? Here, like, when they morph, I go, yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's pretty good. All right. Yeah. Battle Fever J. Let's go. Right. And then Mm -hmm. you realize that they play the same like the intro theme song is their theme song that they play every single fight. And because this is a TV show made in like 1978, uh, that theme song does not hold up very well. (laughs) Like there's certain parts of it that's like, all right, this kind of slaps. But man, like the seventh time it's it's. It's not a TV show to binge, even if you're only doing the 13 episode cut. Put it to you that way. Yeah, I would have had a better time had I not been binging it uh, in the hours before this recording. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, I had to do what I had to do. And honestly, would I have had that much of a better time? No, it would have changed my rating by like a point at the most. And maybe not for the better. Maybe. Not for the better. I want to be clear. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah, there's just not... It's not perfect. I don't know. It's a far cry from perfect in a lot of ways. In so many ways. Um, Episode 5 is the great robot dogfight. They get their robot. The enemy gets some robots. This episode is okay in terms of, like, some of the action is okay, but the story doesn't make a lot of sense. The only part of the story that kind of makes sense is there's this sort of B-plot about, like, this one character who is, like, a loyal member of the team but gets blackmailed. He's not, like, a, a ranger. This seems to be an um, ongoing issue. But, yeah, they, they, <laughs> their, their project is getting infiltrated nonstop. They got a real fucking problem. This is, like, cheesecloth. Um... <laughs> But anyway, this guy gets blackmailed 
and he uh, doesn't want to be disloyal, but they have his kids. And so he betrays the team and he has a showdown with the boss where the boss just like whips out his katana, which is kind of funny. And the guy is like, listen, I'm sorry for this. I'll make it up to you at some point. And he dips out. And after he rescues his kids, he ends up blowing up himself to destroy the enemy's like super robot that would have been able to beat their robot because the enemy was making a bunch of robots. They, I don't think they busted out their robot this episode. No, they not did. yet. They yeah, did. No, this is yeah. This is the one. Episode five is where the robots fight. Buffalo okay. Robot. This one was like okay. I remember Battle Robo looks kind of cool. Yeah, Battle Fever J Robo, not not too bad. Mech design, not too bad. Fight sequence, also not too bad. But you know what kills all of this? The sound design easily dragged this episode from having any fucking hopes of it being positively rated the the mech fight in general the mech fights are the audio is so grating to the ears it's bad like the the digit the digital sound effects that they overlaid and stuff like that it sounds really bad yeah it, there's some awkward ass shit here i don't know this episode is not great. It's not terrible, but like it's probably like maybe like a five or something. This I think at best it's like, a five. It's more to me. It's more like a four. This was still like I hadn't totally lost hope during this episode. Like after the last one, like I, the last one was like, yeah, maybe this show will be okay. Like this was kind of fun, and then this episode was like, yeah, that's not as good. But hey, the giant robot is here. That's kind of cool. These fights were kind of good. Whatever. Um, yeah. The B plot. Some of the B plots were okay. Whatever. Maybe it's still okay. The next episode is when I started to kind of actually lose hope. Episode seven, the house burns. Is a very confusing episode about an arsonist or several arsonists. Apparently, this is supposed to reach the same level of importance as other things that we've seen somehow. Yeah. Um which feels ridiculous. Like it's it's as if like the Avengers like right after beating like some like world-ending boss who's like, you know, coming from space and like, you know, whatever are just like, "Oh, we're going to uh get this cat out of a tree for the next movie." You know, it needs doing. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is when the show lost me. Yes, for sure. This is when every plot sequence was having me nod off and on constantly. Yeah, it gets really confusing around here. It's a fucking mess. mess. There's this little boy whose parents are killed in one of the fires, and there's all this weird shit about the boy. They follow the plot line to the boy, and and, and it it sort of highlights another issue with the show. (laughs) I I know we keep shitting on the show, and we really didn't want to, like, be here for two hours just constantly shitting on it. But, like, you really do see the problems here, and maybe it's just a, a sign of the times, right, on how storytelling has evolved over the ages, I guess. Or or maybe like they were trying to find their audience or something. I don't know. But for some reason, like let's say if Battle Cossack just has a specific response to Battle Kenya over something, right? And he just scoffs and look away, looks away. You'll just have a narrator come in. If this if this was a Battle Fever J episode, you just have a narrator come in and go, Cossack seems to not be getting along well with Kenya right now, but we'll look to see what happens in the next two seconds. And then you'll see Kosak going to Kenya, and Kosak's like, "Man, I really didn't like what you said to me the other day." You know what? It, like that's Battle Fever J, <laughs> and it's just like, come on. And and then you're like, oh well, maybe or, there's like or a or it's like a almost like a Family Guy style situation. Of like non sequitur scenes where it's like, it's like, Cossack's it, it, kind of being a dick to Kenya right now. What's gonna happen? And then the next scene is like Battle France's scuba diving, 
for a minute and then he like finds like a gold coin and he comes up and he's like whoa guys I found a gold coin under the ocean and everyone is there for some reason and they're all like yay and then the next scene is like they're at the dojo and like they're like practicing with like tanfas or something you know just like suddenly doing like very traditional martial arts and then it cuts back to suddenly Cossack and, and Battle Kenya are back at the base and Cossack's like, hey, Battle Kenya, I was a dick earlier. And you're just like, what? Huh? Yeah, I don't. Like, the fuck is happening at a certain point? So there's all this dumb stuff with this little kid in this episode. I, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on this episode because I hate it. And also, I just want to be clear that this entire episode would have been prevented by simply taking... This kid who is apparently involved in a crime worthy of your investigation into protective custody immediately. Yeah. Because he was obviously being targeted. He's obviously, he's either wrapped up in it again. So maybe there's at one point they're speculating maybe the little kid is the arsonist. And like, even if that's the case, which is like totally like a non event. Fucked up. Um, uh, at that point but also i mean like it's not a crime worth sending the cia after right <laughs> like <laughs> but even if that's the case okay well you've already decided that for some reason you're investigating this arson just put this kid in protective custody yeah boom like the rest of the episode doesn't happen and we move on none of, this was all like really preventable and stupid and unnecessary and frustrating Yep. Also, um, the arsonists are KKK. Let's not forget that part. Sure. <laughs> and the kid becomes a reoccurring character. Great. Amazing. Amazing. The next episode we watched is episode 19, The World's Strongest Beauty. This episode is fucking insane. Completely bonkers. Okay? I... Kind of like this episode, but I still knew all hope was already lost. Yeah, same. It was like that. I was like, I was like, there's no way that this show is really realistically gonna pull out of the gutter, but this is kind of amazing in a bizarre way. So, Salome is a pro wrestler from Japan originally, and she's been in America making money and doing operations for the egos. <clears throat> and she's come back to Japan, she's made a bunch of money, and also. Uh, I'm just going to spoil this immediately because this is the only interesting thing in the episode, really, except for one other thing that I'll make mention of after. Salome is responsible for the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Yeah. They actually canonically say that. Just Yeah, outright. so in the Super Sentai universe, a Toku Marvel villain is responsible. A pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> She's the world's strongest woman. Assassinated John F. Kennedy. So, yeah. That's pretty crazy. The Battle Fever team tricks her very easily and makes a fool of her, basically. Also, weirdly, distressingly, when they have her tied up, one of the Battle Fever team members, I couldn't tell which one because they weren't on camera at the time, and it's... It's subbed, and I don't understand Japanese, so I can't always tell the actors apart perfectly. It says, should we give her a beating? <laughs> I was just like, oof. We did not need that at all. Very unnecessary. You're kind of like on her side. Yeah. You're like, yeah, sure. She can she win. Okay, though. That's not so good. I don't know. Wait. Wait. Holy shit. You were asking at the beginning of this, why not the CIA? Why and it's because it's an internal this is, war. This is an FBI CIA war. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. This episode or this whole season just went up a half a point. Yeah. Yeah, when you put it in that context, yeah. It is actually FBI versus CIA. It really is. Holy Except shit. for the fact that the villain is China apparently. Well, you know. Well, it's complicated. The villain's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. The villain's everything that Japan didn't like in the late 70s. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, mainstream J Japanese media. 
not the average person, you know, etc. I get it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Next episode is Tears. Diane falls. Can you guess what happens in this fucking episode, you little <laughs> fucking idiot baby? <laughs> you piece of shit. You fucking, <laughs> you fucking pay pig. <laughs> fucking line up, piggy, for your slop. <laughs> <laughs> this show did not give a fuck. <laughs> Next time on Dragon Ball Z, will Kid Buu die from the spirit bomb? Shows Kid Buu dying from the spirit bomb. Yeah. So uh, one interesting thing I will say about this is, is like sort of, you know, almost the original Super Sentai show. It's the first one to use that word. Uh, you know, so it's like early in the development of this genre. Something interesting, when Maria Nagisa, the new Miss America, comes onto screen, she has that, like, this is your new Power Ranger energy. Like, they were doing this all the way back when. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Diane's sister comes to visit from America, um, and she's being escorted by this uh, FBI uh, agent from Japan, joint FBI, Japanese intelligence, I guess, agent. I don't know, like, that hell of a sister relationship. Because that did not seem sisterly. <laughs> well, no, it's not Maria, it's her sister, it's Catherine. But yeah, also did not no. seem sisterly. Yeah, Catherine and Diane, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a picture locket of each other. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> also, uh, Catherine is completely white. Yes. Diane Diane is Japanese-American, but, but Catherine is completely white, and they wear a picture locket of each other. Look, her dad had a couple of marriages. I figured as much, but like, <laughs> there ain't no way you could be that close to someone like that, I don't think. Um, at least not in this context. Like, the way they portray it here... It, it it definitely it doesn't seem familial. It, there's a lot of weirdness to it. This is presented very weirdly. Yeah, I'm just gonna make stuff up about this episode because you won't be able to tell the difference. After that, you know, a macaroni monster turns Diane into a noodle, but they're able to turn her back. And you know, but her identity has been compromised, so she decides she doesn't want to be Miss America anymore. And Maria becomes the new Miss America if, if it wasn't very obvious that, that was going to be the case. And you, dear listener, could decide for yourself which of those details were real. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we have another one that kind of felt like it should have been filler again. <laughs> this was a snore. The Bandage Man's mass report is just a confusing fucking mess where they're trying to expose the identities of the Battle Fever team, and I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> There's nothing to say about it. It was... Uh, yo, I got so lost in the sauce, I fell asleep partway through. And then There's I woke back up, and I was like, it. what? What's going on in this episode Actually, again? Actually, wait, I'm sorry. I mixed up one thing. I, this is the one with the blind boy. This is the one where they have uh, the blind boy sculpt someone's face so that they can figure out who, he, who, who the Battle Fever team is. It's the weirdest. It's the weirdest. I don't know. Okay, so moving on. <clears throat> um, Cossack dies for love. Uh, hey, I wonder you, what happens this you episode. Fucking, you fucking garbage, trash, <laughs> smooth brain, having amnesia, ass motherfucker. <laughs> you don't remember anything before yesterday. Can you figure out what's about to happen in this episode? <laughs> um, the only good thing I can say about this episode is that the guy who replaces Battle Cossack is kind of cool. Makoto Jin. This dude just is like a cowboy. Also, this is around the time, I think it even happens a little before this. They just start having gunfights where people die. 
regularly in the show, which is a huge tonal shift and also makes the kung fu feel fucking stupid when it does happen. What are you talking about? John Wick is a bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not, the thing is, it's not integrated. Right, it's not like it's a gunfight, but then one guy gets close and you elbow strike him and bring him to the ground and use him as cover and shoot some more, some, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that shit is a little bit larger than life, but has that feeling of slight believability that has made it like a classic, like everybody loves gun fu. Some people don't, but you know, it's a universally well-liked trope for a reason. This is not that at all. Instead, what you have is you have unmorphed scenes of them in gunfights where people are dying, just straight up getting shot and dying, (laughs) including in this episode, Battle Cossack just gets shot and dies, (laughs) like gets fucking blasted by a firing squad. And then a little later on, they're all going to morph into suits and do Kung Fu with no guns. It just feels goofy as hell. You cannot take it seriously. The show has lost the plot. Honestly, at this point, this show feels more like a show that bought the Sentai footage and then wrote a plot to go with it than the Power Rangers. Yeah, it does have that feeling, actually. (laughs) Like, they just... Oh, we gotta we gotta use the Sentai footage we bought. Yeah, with our wacky spy plot that we came up with that doesn't fit with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, seriously, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. At, at this point, this is when I was just messaging you, and I think I messaged you like two or three times, just like, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, I frequently didn't know. Like, I was just like, what the... Half the questions you ask yourself is, how did I get here? You know? And it it wasn't a case of, I got too high and I couldn't keep track. I was just like, legitimately, I feel like we were somewhere else five seconds ago. Someone said something and now we're here. And then this happened again and then again and again and again. Mm -hmm. You just get really lost in it all. Um, the next episode, The Dark General Who Laughs at Hell, was another one that I wasn't 100% sure why it wasn't filler, although I was pretty lost in the sauce by the time that I watched this one, I won't lie. Uh, it definitely seemed like there was some kind of like important feeling plot, but it also like wasn't that relevant to other things. I don't know. I think they did kill one of the villains, right? They kill yeah. the villains, but still, like, I don't know. I don't know that it was that important. Okay, what's the next one after this one? Uh, I'll, all I'll say about that episode is that there's so many gunfights. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it just, the show doesn't feel the same after there's this many gunfights in an episode. <laughs> it really does not. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it literally has, like, an illegal firearms trade plot. I do remember that. So, yeah. After that, we get to the end, basically. There's three episodes that kind of, like, form a a three-episode arc somewhat that concludes the series. And honestly, like, this is just, like, a nonsensical nightmare. That egg that hatches monsters turns into a monster at one point and, like, walks around... And, like, they're, like, fighting it in, like, this, like, misty, weird environment and shit. Like, at other times, they're in, like, weird gunfights and stuff. There's, like, some backstabbing within the ranks of the egos. There's just, like, a whole bunch of crazies. There's this eyeball monster that's, like, harassing the little kid that they hang out with. Because that little kid from episode 7 just hangs around. There's this weird eyeball monster, like, that, like, captures this kid and, like, messes with this kid, like, psychologically, and it's very weird. 
and the eyeball monster, like, sometimes you could see the guy's face. It's just, like, a very shitty mask. I don't really have anything positive to say about any of that stuff, so... I wish yeah. it was interesting. It's just a I... huge, bizarre mess. Occasionally, there's a few cool spy moments mixed in with some of this stuff, but it's not enough. The The egos are trying to destroy Japan with a massive earthquake, but, like... Battle Fever stops them, and they destroy their headquarters. They have a robot fight, and they literally ride off into the sunset on horses again. Rider rankings. Rank these guys? Yeah. <laughs> you thought we weren't going to do rider rankings? Are we going to separate Miss Americas and the two Battle Cossacks? I mean, yeah. Okay, well, both Miss Americas are like D's. Yeah. They're not horrible, but they're just like forgettable and neglected and meh. Battle <clears throat> France? D plus. <laughs> really? C minus, maybe. Really? I didn't like most of these characters, dog. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, probably C. I'd agree maybe, to a C. Maybe, maybe like a C, yeah. The three claps. When he when he's morphed is uh, really sells him, but he doesn't actually get that much personality in the episodes we watch overall. Yeah, um, uh, Battle Japan. See, <laughs> I feel like Battle Japan had a lot of wasted potential. Yeah, he wasn't an interesting leader. Yeah, see, Battle Cossack. First Battle Cossack's like S, right? First Battle Cossack is A, and second Battle Cossack is S. Second Battle Cossack is literally like Dirty Harry, the communist superhero. <laughs> like, you can't fucking top that. Yeah. This dude shoots first and asks questions never. Let's go. Yeah. I really enjoy uh, the fact that they included Cossack in here because it almost seems like more of like a UN team versus just like United States puppetry going on, you know? But that's just, you know, that's some rainbow-painted bombs. I know. <laughs> yeah. Kenya. I think Kenya's like a, a low A because he's badass, but at the same time, you can't give him, like, full credit because he's so fucking cursed. <laughs> you know in that skate was here would be an S. <laughs> <laughs> Kenya is constantly paid respect. Like you ever disrespect Kenya, he'll fucking like own manifest you. some shit to own you. He'll turn you into a pile of bananas and you're done. <laughs> and you're like watching it like, "Huh, why did he turn him into a pile of bananas?" God. <laughs> 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 Yeah, envision Netscape being here. It would be an S, but uh, I think for me, it's it, it's in A territory. Yeah, it's probably the best like woke racism you'll get out of like a '70s show that has to do with Kenya. Yeah, pretty much out of like an imperialist country. Yeah, what a mess. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird situation. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's rate review and get out of here. Yeah. I'm torn. There are some aspects of this that are watchable. And obviously it has this like posterity value of being like something that potentially you should watch if you want to understand the genre a little better. Right? Because like it has that OG status. And that's cool. But... Even with this really condensed filler guide, this was a bit of a hard, boring watch. That it was hard to keep focused on. It was very easy to get distracted while watching this. And yes, I binged it. Part of that's my fault. But I think even if I take the binging into account, like there's no world in which this is better than a five. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I think that's where I'm pretty much at. It's like a 4.5 to 5 territory. <clears throat> it's really kind of messed up. There's a lot of bad things. There's a lot of misogyny. 
fair bit of racism, lots of imperialism, lots of bad politics, um, lots of unwoke shit. But there's some cool spy shit. And it's also just confusing as fuck on top of all that, right? Like, it would help a lot if it wasn't confusing as fuck. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it doesn't mesh. The spy shit is kind of cool. Like, some of that is the coolest parts. There's, like, a plot with, like, a microfilm hidden in a fake tooth. There's, like, a thing where, like, an old lady bumps into one of the Battle Fever guys and he doesn't really notice. And it's like, oh, you realize, like, she's, like, an agent, you know? And, like, some of that is really drawn from, like, real-life spy shit and, like, kind of, like, at times well done and kind of cool. But it doesn't fit with the Toku stuff. And also, the plots are just so incoherent that it's just, like, a cool moment out of a bunch of mess doesn't really save an episode, right? So, that's where I stand. If you really want the deep lore of where Super Sentai comes from, and you want to see where some of the ideas come from, it might be worth your time to watch a little of it, because legitimately, I saw things over and over again that I went, wow. They, you know, they're really making the mold here. Uh, you know, as much as this, a lot of this shit sucks, you can see the ways in which they're crafting tropes that are going to live on. And so if you really, really want that value, maybe watch it. But otherwise, I, it's kind of a non-recommend for me. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a three. It might be a little bit better than a three, but for full context, like if you don't like spy shows or if you don't care for spy shows, this is like, this is sleepy time. This is, I'm going to take a nap while what? This is like when your family puts on a television show you hate and you're just like, I don't, I don't fucking care, dude. Like, like, I really don't. There's a lot of nonsensical plots in here that it's so like a drop in the bucket of issues that like normal teams would have to deal with but suddenly it's an issue that they have to deal with for 20 minutes and it doesn't get good until they suit up for the last two minutes of the show i like battle cossack a lot i think both battle cossacks were great no issues there uh but ultimately if this if the plot for this was as good as like g gundam season two like i think we needed like g gundam super sentai like, it just needed to be a, a tournament arc between a bunch of, like, toku heroes. How dope would that be, right? Like, that, and then that be, like, the launch point for a Marvel Cinematic Universe in Japan. That would have been incredible. But, you know, the, the writing just... Oh, boy, the writing was really bad. We have this podcast where we go over the deep lore of the power rangers universe and stuff in here they really give it away they'll be like if they show you a monster making machine they'll go over the intricacies of the monster making machine and make sure to go over the finer details within a five minute time span and continue yeah. to go and you're like bro what the fuck why hasn't this scene been over yet why are we still with these characters and they're just they just keep going and you're like all right then <sighs> Uh, there's, there's a lot of that. It would have been cooler if it wasn't a spy show. <laughs> I think the costumes and the original idea that we got from the intro, especially with like the fact that it's battle fever, you know, and they could have made it more like a dancing sort of fighting show. That would have been cool, but they didn't do that. So yeah, yeah it's I, a I three. Say, I would say it's like, the combination didn't mesh, I think, is what we both agree on fundamentally here. Like, it either shouldn't have been a toku or it shouldn't have been a spy show. And it's not even necessarily to say that you couldn't have a toku spy show. I think that could work. Like, I think you could have, like, a common writer James Bond movie. Yeah. But I do think that these concepts are a little hard to marry, and it just didn't work here. Especially with a low budget, too, you know? Yeah. Like, you're talking 1970s TV budget for Japan on a TV series that's on its third season. And they really could have... They could have done more, though, even within the budget. I, 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 to an extent, I accept the budget problems, but also, like, 
there's so many opportunities on the table that they don't take. I don't know. Um, I will say, I brought this up before. I'm going to bring it up again. We have to watch Danger 5. <laughs> it has all the elements of a toku in the same way that, like, Santo and the Blue Demon have, have all the elements of a toku, even if it doesn't call itself that. And it literally, like, you can tell that somebody who may, worked on that show watched some of this while they were working on Danger 5. But, like, Danger 5 is just, like, what if this concept didn't blink in a funny way? Yeah, I mean, we'd probably do something like that for next break just because we've already got, like, a couple of shows we've got to do or a couple episodes we got to do on non-Power Ranger stuff. Oh, yeah, and we have to watch uh, all of both seasons. Well, actually, we should do one and then the other and break it up. It's, there's, there's a lot to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could convince me. So we'll we'll want to save that for down the road a little ways, but that'll be a, a fun one. I, I'm looking forward, honestly, to finding excuses for what to call Toku to some extent, but I don't want to break. I don't want to break the definition. Only bend it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of lenient with the Toku definition to some extent. I just think that like it's funny how. We invented this idea of breaking after RPM because, you know, the creators broke uh, just, you know, in terms of finding investors and whatnot and then getting production underway again for a Power Rangers season. Um, but really, it was because we were watching a lot of bad Power Rangers for a short amount of time. And then we were like, OK, we need to, like, find a stopping point for us to, to watch other tokusatsu that might be good. And our track record for good tokusatsu that we've watched so far has been pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, this break has been interesting. Uh, common teacher, I'm going to go back in time and give it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we didn't know just how bad toku could really get, right? And I mean, we still got maybe even worse coming up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least with the tattooed teenage alien fighters we have made it clear that we are watching very little of it up front we're just gonna take a peek into it but do stay tuned because that's what's coming up next the tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills a long forgotten competitor to the mighty Morphin power rangers in its heyday uh, and uh, we're just going to take a brief a brief look at it because I don't think anything else will be necessary. <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably just going to watch two episodes for that. And then one interesting uh, upcoming episode that I don't think anybody really knows outside of me, you, and one other person, and that's the person that we're going to involve. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at one indie uh, tokusatsu project well more or less like one tokusatsu series uh that that's uh indie um and it's pretty damn toxic <laughs> gun caliber i believe it's called the you know i've watched straight bullet cringe. and gun caliber you know and uh i've watched it i've watched a good bit of it and that I I think I watched it and I reviewed RPM and you said that I was being super cynical and like <laughs> borderline nihilist about Tokusatsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like, yeah, you know, I I've come out of this with some with some PTSD here. Uh, <laughs> Rav, Rav watched this fucking shit and legitimately lost some of his passion for Toku for a little while, <laughs> like. <laughs> I think Grav would have given a common teacher a half a point more. <laughs> not for gun caliber. <laughs> That's what we're headed into, folks. Yeah, so so we've got some some definite uh bombs that we're 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 definitely coming up on. But after that we'll be back in Neo Sabom, which I'm which I'm sure we've got some bombs there too, but hey. You know, you listen to the theme song of the show and you know that Dino Charge is coming up. And honestly, that that's what I'm most looking forward to out of everything we've got. Just because I know we're going to pog like hell when we get to that opening theme song. Power Rangers, Power Rangers. It'll be an interesting time. 
Hell yeah. Well, that's going to be all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.